What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. My name is Jesse Rivera, and this is Coffee Dates with Jesse Rivera. Right from the jump, I want to thank Mento Buru for allowing me to use their groovy music there in the intro. That was Move It Girl by Mento Buru. And now, on with the show. This is it. Today, on the podcast, we have my good friend, Buddy. Yep, that's right. His name is just Buddy. And he's a pretty good buddy. He's he's very supportive. He's very uh, into the uh, Sacramento comedy scene, and he's really into a lot of things. And he's he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of tools in his belt, as they say. He's done a lot of things in his life, and uh, he's going to share a lot of those stories with us today. And it was a, it was a good time sitting down with him the other day, catching up with him. He and I started doing comedy at roughly about the same time, so. It's been it's been a fun journey uh, watching him grow as a comedian and also as a human as a human he's he's a he's a pretty good dude and uh, I really appreciate when he comes around and uh, we got to cross paths the other day sit down and have a little chat so what else is going on Ooh, backyard funnies was last night it was the third backyard funnies and this time we had it in the front yard for logistical reasons and. I don't know. I think I like it more in the front yard than in the backyard. It was uh, the people who were chilling in the garage were able to watch it a lot better. So like the green room is kind of the garage serves as the green room. It was a lot. I don't know. I think we're going to keep doing it in the front yard. But we are taking a break for July and August because it was pretty fucking hot yesterday, guys. Oh, my gosh. I thought I was going to pass out like 10 times yesterday. No lie. But uh, today, I have just been sitting in the air-conditioned living room, relaxing, drinking lots of water, eating lots of green stuff, uh, broccoli and kale, and just kidding, no kale, but had some broccoli, had some uh, asparagus, had some Brussels sprouts. Yep, I've been getting all that good stuff in me today, kind of recovering from yesterday. I had maybe one too many slices of pizza yesterday, so... Anyway, enough about that. The next Backyard Funnies will be on September 16th. That is my birthday. And man, are we putting together a fire lineup for that. I'm waiting on one or two more comics to confirm whether or not they can do the show. And uh, once they've confirmed, we'll get a flyer made and we will announce the lineup to the world. And maybe you could be here. Maybe not. Who knows? Anyway, now on with the show. This is my good friend. Buddy, thank you for tuning in to Coffee Dates with Jesse Rivera. Have a great day. Bye. Buddy, it's been a while. How have you been, man? I've been good. How are you? I've been, man, you know, surviving, <laughs> uh, <laughs> living through uh, season three of the pandemic. Yeah, it really is. Jeez. Yeah. It doesn't feel like three years, but almost it feels way longer than that at the same time. I remember when like it first happened and they were saying like 18 months, 18 to like the, the smart, smart, like the realistic stories that we didn't want to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. We're saying like, you know, 18 to 24 months of before everything's back to normal. And I was like, there's no fucking way. No. That was like one of the. That was when I was kind of believing Trump, and I was like, "Well, Trump said yeah. Easter, so you know he's our president." So uh, <laughs> not in my America. We're not waiting this long in my America. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, visit Trump's America. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> till this plays out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm with them for just this one thing. Yeah, just for this one thing, man. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was terrible, and now it's like more people are getting it, but it's like less deadly now. And but it's like also I feel like almost back to normal, but I also am cautious of anybody. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Now it's kind of like. Uh, like a like an allergy attack. It's uh-huh. kind of what it seems like. It's like, oh well, get your wall. That got really dark. Mm-hmm. Is that too dark? Like that seems like it's too bright. That seems too dark. Hold on, we're gonna do something. Yeah, that's okay. Little lamp, mood light. There we, there go. we go. Perfect. And that one's just right. Exactly. That sets the mood right. But you were on the podcast like in the early, early, early days of the podcast. Yeah, Do you I remember? Think, yeah, I think it had to be nineteen, two thousand nineteen. It was definitely like in the yeah, because I was in like the first group do, of yeah, I was, episodes. It was like in the first did. dozen episodes, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we've both come like a long, long, so far, long yeah. way since that. And I, I really like. Um, like, we don't ever really hang out. Like, we're not, like, best friends. I'm never like, hey, how was your day, mm-hmm. you know? But I do like when I see you and when we kind of meet back up because we kinda, we're kind of, like, running parallel in mm-hmm. this, whole, this whole comedy adventure, right? Yeah, yeah. Literally, the day I, I told myself, uh, I was like, from here on out, I'm going full time. I'm going to go to every mic I can possibly go to. I'm going to, like, try to get on shows. I'm going to write all of that stuff. Because before, I, I didn't really take it too seriously. But I had been doing it. That same night was the night I met you. And I heard your first set. And that was your first time at Comedy Spot. And I was like, so we really have been running yeah, parallel. So every year when I when I post the picture of my first night, you're on there. Yeah. Yeah. And along with the... Uh, maybe a third of those people are still doing comedy mm-hmm. and it's and i i always heard those stories of like oh yeah people come and go and i'm like nah how could they do that you yeah, know no. but <laughs> even i have like come and gone and like sometimes i feel like i'm not doing anything and i'm like oh shit i got a show this week yeah so um yeah you almost have to like now just with the way it is you almost have to like deactivate from the world if you want to quit comedy because yeah. like there's gonna be like oh you coming to a, a mic even when you've been out for like a couple of months but it's been uh it, it's been a fun world to work in right now because we're transitioning back into like bigger crowds and we're we were pushing for bigger crowds and we're pushing for full houses and we're now those things aren't as terrifying anymore now we want those but it's also I can remember like having like kind of a a big house and or like a full crowd. You're saying like kind of being like a little mm-hmm. bit nervous, like oh man, like. But now, yeah, it kind of it kind of feels normal again. But. Yeah, like there's certain places like like we did. Did we do the ID show together at Comedy Spot or no? You did the one at Punchline, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I did the one at Comedy Spot, and I remember like we sold ninety tickets there, and I was like. Oh man, this seems like a lot, but then like ninety people in there the way it was before wasn't a full house. I was like, this is crazy. Now I think ninety is the sellout now the way they have the seating set up, and I'm like, right. oh, it's 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 a different world we're in, but it's it's also fun. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. But you have always kind of been a performer, right? Like comedy mm-hmm. is like what, like because like let, let, like let me just 
tell you say what what i know of and then you could take me back to the start like yeah it seems that like in high school you were a theater kid right yeah and then outside of high school you were like a musician mm-hmm. and now you're a comedian right is that is that how it was like what were you doing in high school you were you yeah were i never theater, right yeah i never really stopped my main focus wasn't exactly theater in high school my main focus was improv uh, I was big into improv. Um, I always thought it would get me to acting or comedy. Mm-hmm. And then um, out of uh, high school, I did uh, music. I toured with bands, recorded a couple albums, like some songs and stuff. Did all of that in my early uh, 20s. And then from there, I was like... I. I've been so addicted to the stage ever since high school. So like immediately right after that, I started my own like uh, improv business where I would teach um, business. uh, Like basically it was company retreats. And then I would teach improv to like people who were (laughs) getting paid by their bosses to be on vacation. But it was like a team building exercise. Yeah. 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 So I did that traveling for a while. So I did it, uh, Northern California, uh, Southern California and San Diego. Did it in Chicago for a bit. Did it in New York for a bit. Just fell in love with the stage. And then when I came back, I did uh, one more like uh, production that I put on myself play-wise. And after that, I was like, I kind of want to just take this comedy thing seriously. And I just started doing that. And now I've been doing comedy straight up since 2018 and haven't stopped when you were doing music were you um were you the singer were you a guitarist were you a drummer what what was your so i i have a i have abnormally tiny hands for a guy my size <laughs> so uh i actually played the bass uh, okay. four strings a lot easier to deal with and they're short and stubby so my fingers were not made for a guitar um and so i started out playing bass um, I didn't know how to like uh, play when I first started, and I started out in like metal bands and stuff. But the only two uh, like how to learn bass books at the guitar store were <laughs> jazz, which I bought, and uh, a play along of Metallica's Black album, just the bass parts of it though. Okay, and so. That didn't teach me how to play bass. The jazz one did. So I went from learning the jazz one to like learning Metallica and ripping off a bunch of bass melodies from Metallica albums for like things that we were doing. And so I started out with bass, but I had singing lessons. Uh, so I did a lot of singing, but it was all through at that time. It was through the T-Pain, you know, synthesizer voice. Oh, wow. So I, I did it all through robot stuff. And then eventually I did a little bit of screaming, you know, because it was screamo bands. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, but mostly just bass was where I, I stayed. I was all backup vocals. Did the Did the screaming mess up your vocal cords at all? when you're when you're first starting out and you don't know what you're doing yeah yeah. but then when you learn it's honestly uh the way it's done isn't actually even screaming it's more like a dog's bark like that's the way you're supposed to teach yourself like do it like you're starting out as a dog's bark and then use that part of your voice your um your fry your fry chords and then from there you don't tear up your voice unless you're doing it wrong okay um so 
most of the time it's whispering into a microphone and the microphone making it sound like you're screaming. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, especially on recording. So, like, it wasn't that bad, but, like, when I first started, yeah, I was just literally screaming and uh, tearing up my throat. So, of the three iterations that you've had, what what have you enjoyed the most? Is it comedy uh, because you're doing comedy right now or do any parts of you? Because you still mess around with improv. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love improv. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I'll ever give up improv. I think I made improv boring for myself because I turned it into a job. Mm. Like, like it's different from when, like, comedy is my, my number one thing right now. It's different from that because I made it, like, a corporate thing where I was like, if I don't have this many gigs in this month, I can't afford rent. Right. So then it became a thing where I was like, oh, uh this isn't fun anymore. Right. <laughs> and so comedy hasn't got there for me. Um, I miss all of it. I miss music. I've been writing music uh, since last summer. A couple of people had like convinced me to just pick up some music and start writing again, which has been fun. And then, but I think my favorite thing is comedy because I get to write it more. Mm, you're more in control of the whole yeah. thing, right? I get to write and writing is my absolute passion. Like uh, I just, um, put in for a grant for like this um for basically something i want to do for the restroom in sacramento it's right. my favorite place uh to do anything and so i've been working on this like film project that i want to do with them and so i uh i really am excited about that so writing is my favorite thing and getting to do that through comedy has been just amazing like i'm challenging myself to write like at least a joke a day even if i never once tell the joke even if i never use it i just want to write at least one stupid joke a day so what's your process do you write in the like do you have a set time of the day that you that you write or do you write when you when you feel like a certain emotion or when you feel yourself like kind of slipping into anxiety or something when when is it that you write um if i if something sparks if like something comes to mind, I'll automatically write it then and there. However, most of the time I tell myself I'm going to set aside, you know, like 30 minutes to an hour when I get off work or before I go to work, if I get up early enough mm -hmm. and I tell myself like in that time, like I'll probably be getting high, listening to music. Like I have my routine, but mostly what I'm thinking of is like, okay, what's a, what's a dumb joke that I could write right now? And then sometimes I, I, like, if it's the day of an open mic or something, I try to write it as I'm driving to the open mic. Like, in my head, I'm like, let me try something new and stupid, you know, because it doesn't really matter. And it's an open mic. That's yeah. what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've been challenging myself to, like, uh, change my style up differently. Like, uh, I feel comfortable now writing more story-based stuff. So now I'm, like, trying to write punchier stuff. Now, like... I'm just challenging myself like every time I go out to do a bigger show that I'm like, why don't we do something different this time or something more? Yeah. How much I almost asked if you took Johnny's storytelling class, but we were in the storytelling mm -hmm. class. Yeah. Um, so I know you've taken it at least once. I've taken it. I think I've taken it twice. Yeah. How much did that help you out? It ch it completely changed my comedy because like in that class, I, I give Johnny this credit all the time, but like after we took that class, um, he had uh, came up to me during our showcase and he was like, you're not a one-liner comedian, you're a storyteller, like, you're really good at this. And I was like, oh. And then, <laughs> unfortunately, right after that, the pandemic hit. Yeah. So I had to spend, 
you know, eight or so months at home going, well, what the hell does a story <laughs> telling comedian mean? Like, what, <laughs> what does that mean? Like, mm-hmm. do I not write jokes anymore? And so I started to like really just focus on writing in that time. And I was like, well, I have stories, but they're not funny. Like most people's stories aren't funny other than the people who were there, you know? So I was like, how can I take like little tiny bits and just make them completely absurd? Like I would do when I write a script or whatever. I I take moments from my life and just try to make them obscenely absurd. And I was like, I could do that in comedy. And then so like I'll write a joke and usually my jokes start out at like seven minutes for a joke and I'm always trying to get it down to like two to three minutes. And then that sucks when you want yeah. to take that to an open mic. Yeah. Because you just don't No, there you is don't no. have that you don't have seven minutes. I no, mean. there isn't a freedom of seven minutes mic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, it but it it's cool because I uh now at like shows where I get a little bit more time, yeah, I feel comfortable that if I've worked on that joke in my head if i've rehearsed it if i've worked it like i feel comfortable doing newer jokes at bigger mics now as long as i know if oh it bombs i i can take it somewhere else like Mm -hmm. i don't know there's it depends on the stage obviously yeah how did you cope during those nine ten months of the because we were like literally locked down for almost a year right there was like we're kind of like sneaking out a little bit and like kind of like a little small but like there was like this one period where that lasted probably about nine months where like you just didn't do nothing, nothing. Right. Yeah. What, how'd you, how'd you cope with that, man? Well, for me, I, I was lucky because, uh, I, I got bought out by my company. So I got a, it was small, but I got a severance package basically that allowed me to just kind of sit comfortably without freaking out. Oh, and wow. That, yeah. And at the same time, my grandfather had been recovering from a hip surgery. So uh, he had asked me to just come back and stay with him, be safe. I was like, cool. Now we're, you know, we're both in a safe space. I can make sure, you know, he's fed, all that stuff. I can not have to worry about a billion things, a billion bills and stuff. So uh, that that was kind of cool. But for that whole time, I just kind of my whole mindset was like, okay, when I get free, what am I going to do? When I get free, it was like, you're locked up. Huh? Oh yeah, for sure. That's the way I looked at it. I was like, I was like, did I take the world? Did I take advantage of the world before I, it was like one of those things like you don't know how, what you have until it's gone. Mm-hmm. And then that freedom of not having like, I used to bitch and moan being at open mics or bitch and moan being out. I'm just like, I just want to go home and play yeah. video games. And I'm sitting there in the pandemic playing video games going, Jesus, I would do anything to bomb at an open mic right now. Anything to bomb at an open mic. Oh, nothing makes you feel more alive. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, nothing. Especially when you don't have it for eight months. Like, there, honestly, when the pandemic stopped, I, I, I was like, I'm not going to anything. The only mics I ever went to were the Comedy in the Park through Miriam Musavi. Mm. It was the only safe mic in town. Yeah, shout out uh, Miriam Musavi. She had she had wipes there. She had, wipes it, yeah. cleaned after every comic. She ordered she mic condoms. The mic condoms. Yep. She ordered those super early. Like she came prepared, did the damn thing, and it was really fun. And you even came with your own microphone to switch out. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> Which at first people everyone be, was like, people Does would he be in like the car, him? and they'd be like, "Is this a microphone?" 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In case I gotta go to an yeah, open mic. You never mic. know when you gotta throw down a set. <laughs> exactly. Which I think was genius. And I was like, more people should actually do that. But uh -huh. um, that was like the only mic I went to for all those months. And then there was that part in June where like they partially opened up the world mm -hmm. and you just knew it was a bad idea. And you knew the people who were celebrating and excited about it were gonna be the ones who were gonna make us shut the fuck down really fast. I attempted to go out to a few mics but i would honestly pull up see the crowd see what was going on and see, go buddy this is not worth a mask it. Yeah, nobody like people like hugging it. each other like passing joints mm -hmm. you know and like rolling up together i'm like you guys like <laughs> i love to share a joint more than anybody yeah this is not the time that's something that like is so like it seems so like that was something i was kind of already not liking to do mm -hmm. right when the pandemic started it was like i was like kind of selective with like who i'd share a oh, joint yeah. with and then like now i'm like nah, I'm done no nope. you I'm gotta like, be I'm, selective <laughs> with that yeah. now i'm like i'm just gonna take a couple hits and i'll just give it to you guys and i'll walk away <laughs> like you do yeah. this what you want i'm gonna take like two or three hits yeah, yeah, I I have a lot of like friends who I used to smoke with. Nowadays, we we like all have our own joint or mm -hmm. our own blunt or whatever, and we don't even like like oh you want this? I, I'm like you keep yours. I got mine. You know, it's like it's very much you know everybody smokes for themselves now, which is which is nice because uh, we were never sanitary beforehand. No, and in the comedy world, it gets kind of. It's kind of raunchy. Like, I finally caught the damn thing earlier this year, and I was thinking, man, of course it would have to be from a comedian, but it wasn't. Lucky for me, it was like, it was an at-work thing or whatever. I was going to ask if you if you got it. I got it in January. When did you get it? January. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, it was miserable because I was, you know, vaxxed and boosted and all that stuff, and mm -hmm. I was very cocky about it. Uh, and then I got it, and I was like, oh, man, this is... This is stupid, whatever. I didn't feel anything. And then there was one day where I just, like a 24-hour period where I ended up having to go to the hospital. Because, oh, you did? Like, yeah. My blood pressure was crazy. My fucking heart rate was insane. I was like, I just need to go to make sure I'm okay. Right. Then right. the next day, it was like sniffles for four or five days after that, and I was fine. I, was like, I, I had like, like, I had like, from a, I felt. Like it was like on a Wednesday during lunch where I was like, I kind of want to take a nap, and I was like, Wait, why do I want to take a nap? I never want to take a nap. Yeah. And then I was like, Ah, oh, shit. And then so like that Wednesday, and then like Thursday night into Friday morning was like the worst of it. Yeah. And then Saturday, Sunday, I just kind of sat on the couch and just was watched a bunch of YouTube videos. Yeah, I mean, after a while, it's just like any other sickness, but it, it, just, it did suck because I was like dodging this thing for two years. And I honestly, because my heart doctor had told me, it was like, oh, you're very, you know, you're at risk. And I was like, oh, shit. For, so for two years, I'm just sitting there with this like panic in the back of my mind that yeah. like, even with this vax and this boost and all this stuff, if I get it, I'm dead. And then I got it and I didn't. And I was like, oh, thank God. This is this is why we get faxed and boosted. But were you, you kind of like, because when I got it in January, like the couple of weeks leading up to it, I there was this part of my brain that where I was like, I just want to get it to get it over with. Almost, yeah. I was at that point because I had worked in an industry where in January, like in that December, January time of this last year, it was hitting so hard. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, it's hitting everybody. 
you know what? I'm tired of these waves. Just smack me at this. But point. you were also seeing that like yeah. people were getting it, and then just like oh, like two or three days later, they mm-hmm. were fine. They were just kind of like, eh, you know, they were. Yeah, I'm glad I got the third version that was you know less deadly, more after just, we were yeah. vaxxed and boosted. Exactly. And- yeah. Now I've been boosted. <laughs> two or three times then? well i got the senior citizens boost yeah i, I was i qualified for that because i'm Fuck 50 it. hell yeah man hell yeah <laughs> so dude. um i i don't know i feel good so was it during the 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 lockdown that you started the uh the what's the trivia show called obscure movie is trivia. it obscure movie yeah I, I sometimes confuse it with uh uh was it andrew at the comedy spot has a yeah movie, trash movie trash improv. movie improv okay yeah. i wanted to make sure i wasn't yeah, no, that that show's great too. So obscure movie trivia. Yeah, I so I watch a show on YouTube. I almost directly ripped the show off, but like they do it completely different. It's called Movie Trivia Schmodown, which mixes movie trivia with professional wrestling characters. It's kind of just this dumb thing that I absolutely love on the internet. Um, obsessed with it. So when the pandemic hit and all of the live shows went away, um, stab. A comedy theater in Sacramento tried really hard to go digital fast. They were like, yeah. let's create as much content as possible. So Jesse just gave me free reign to create whatever I wanted. And so I was like, well, I kind of want to do this uh, movie trivia thing. So this would be a great way to train for it. Also, writing questions, you know, it'll just trigger my brain more and more. So I started it and we have now been doing it for two years. I. Yeah. I'm blown away because are you doing it weekly still or is it every so other week? it was weekly and then it became every other Tuesday or it was the second and fourth Tuesday okay and then I gave that up to a little show called 2k2 furious which is uh, about to end its climax and during that time I have now moved to Wednesdays uh, so the second and fourth Wednesdays uh, um, were on and I'm currently trying to work with Mr. Jesse to do a weekend show, an actual, you know, because I, I, we've been doing the show. It's got a pretty good audience. Yeah, um, it does. I would like to get it in front of a good a live audience. I have a lot of live features that I think would work. And in the theater, I think there's a good amount of space to kind of work with um, the show as is. And I've edited the show a lot and changed it a lot over the two years that it's been going on like i've constantly updated it to be more fun for me to write questions and for contestants to be on um like now i have like just a google doc at my at on my computer and on my phone and whenever i'm watching a movie by myself at home i'm just like oh that'd be a cool trivia question or that would be and then i just write it in there and it's it's been a fun way because now it's also triggering my brain to like think about movies and directors all the time and i'm like constantly checking it out and i love movies and writing is what i want to do so it it's kind of helped me a lot but yeah i love doing the show and it two years is now. It's so much fun I've, I've been on it three times and i think yeah. i'm one in i think i'm one and two mm-hmm. uh already beat me just beat me and i think i finally i i was on no so i was on again with tina yeah and I did not get to see that one. Oh, you I, weren't. That's why that one's that yeah, one. That one. That's why that one seems weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. The last two I've had guest hosts. Uh, shout out to Jess Roberts, who's amazing, and to Joey G. Um, I was in L.A. during that one, mm-hmm. um, doing some roast battles at the world famous comedy store. 
Um, and then uh, for this last one, I had a show at the Punchline. And I love the punchline. And so I, I put Joey G in there. I was like, it's a June thing, Father's Day. Let's let's get some dads in there. So I got some dads on the show. All right, right yeah. on. What movie did you guys do? Uh, was it a did, dad movie? No. Well, they did one that people have been begging me to do on the show for a while that I'm glad that I didn't have to do because it's not one of my favorites, Talladega Nights. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. it's like lower tier Will Ferrell for me, but everybody <laughs> loves it. Yeah, and so, it's, it's very quotable. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why everyone loves it. So uh, they've been asking for almost the whole two years that I've been doing it. That's probably the most requested one. And I was like, oh, these three guys that I had on there all requested it too. I was like, let them do it. It'll be fun. Have you done Step Brothers? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That one was really fun. Office Space? I have not. Office Space, it, I have questions for. Uh, I also have uh, Blaze of Glory. Uh, I also have uh, one that I really want to do is Polly Shore's son-in-law. I love Polly Shore. You could probably get Polly Shore on that one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how well he'd do in his own movie. Yeah. I mean, the '90s were a wild time for everybody, especially Polly Shore. Uh, but yeah, no, I have so many. Uh, I want to do it bigger. Like, I'm almost to the point where the weekly or the biweekly, like just digital no crowd kind of thing it's fun because i still get to play on twitch and i get my twitch audience who's always really nice to me and it's the same group every time but i would like to like grow a live audience and i think with like a weekend show i'd be able to bring out different comedians and different movie people like i i've been doing uh like i've had pete from the uh Middle Class Movie Podcast, which is a really fun Sacramento movie podcast. And I've had him on there. And he's, you know, you would think, you know, with uh, all of his movie knowledge from his podcast, and he would just come in and clear the house. He's also one and two. So, like, it's, it's, it's interesting also who does really well on that show and who doesn't. And honestly, the question, the, the reason it's called Obscure Movie qu- uh, Trivia is because the questions get obscure because I get stoned and I watch movies and the dumbest things come to my mind. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Hey, have you heard about the uh, the show Nicole Eichenberg and I are working on? Not Dear Abby WTF. Okay, that I was about to say. I just did that one and I yeah, loved it. No, no, no. We're, we're working on a new show and it, it might be right up your alley. It's called The Book Report where we're like, there will be two guests, a comic and an improviser. And they will come on the show and they will give a book report from a book that changed their life. They're going to get to talk about a book that, that changed their life. Yeah. And then they're going to do an improv scene based on the book. Oh, wow. And I really thought I, th- this came to mind because when I was doing telenovela, I won't name names, but so many comics were like, won't you let me be on telenovela? I could do improv. And I'd be like, no, you can't. Yeah, not everyone can do it. It's, <laughs> it's not... hard. They're like, well, you just go up there and make stuff up. It's easy. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you can't. It's hard. I, I, love the, I love that confidence of comics where it's like, <laughs> it's oh, right. I'm on a stage. I can do anything. Like, I could be an actor. No, no, you can't. Or else you'd be an actor and not a comedian. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's actually genius. I, for me, my, uh, favorite book of all time, uh, is Jurassic Park, of course. 
That book is the best. I almost said that was a book. It was. It, it was. was a book before yeah. the movie. Michael Crichton, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. And then uh, the book is very violent. The book was mostly written for kids, and then the book publishers were like, we need this to be more violent. So they wrote it more violent. And then for the script for the movies, they were like, well, let's take that. And if it was through the eyes of a kid. So they made it more less violent for the movie. Then the movie did so well. My favorite story of like the books and movies is that the second book, in the first book, um, uh, Ian Malcolm dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's character is dead. Uh, he just dies from the T-Rex attack. It's done. But the character became so popular in the movie and they kept him alive in the movie that in the second book, they're fix for that was oh no he was just like really really hurt he wasn't dead i think the everyone loves jeff goldblum oh of course i think if it would have been somebody else they would have been okay with the character dying mm-hmm. oh, like if absolutely. it was like Kiefer sutherland or somebody like that yeah like, they're like oh darn he died yeah same with richard at richard attenborough they were like oh we actually can't kill him also <laughs> Have you seen the new Jurassic World? Jurassic I World? have. I'm obsessed with dinosaurs. I have my dinosaur tattoo. My next tattoo is going to be a dinosaur. Um, I love dinosaurs. They're my favorite thing in the world. The Jurassic Park movies and Jurassic World movies, even when they're bad, they're great. This last one is just bad. Is it? <laughs> yeah. the 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 last two have been bad. You're like they didn't need, they didn't need to make this. Uh, no, I mean I will never fault anybody for making a dinosaur movie i would say the only parts that are worth watching are the dinosaur parts really everything where it's just humans i'm like i don't care about You're like, any this is of boring this. and i feel like a little kid because i'm like this is just dumb get to the dinosaurs i just want the big dinosaurs and that's where i think like the newer godzilla movies and stuff get it where they're like, yeah, we have a couple of humans so that there is actual speaking in the movie, but let's get to King Kong versus Godzilla and they're just smashing the hell out of each other. Yeah. Like that got it right. This movie does so many things right, but only in about 25% of the movie. The other 75% of the movie is humans talking to each other and it's like, could you just get to the dinosaurs? (laughs) Like, please just get to more dinosaurs. What about uh, Lightyear? Lightyear uh, is beautiful brilliant you already There's, saw it oh yeah twice <laughs> it came out on my birthday last friday so i i watched it that day and then this morning i took my grandpa okay uh because he really really loves chris evans he loves captain america and he wanted to see it and we got super baked went and watched it and there's just this one part. I won't uh, spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but there's yeah, yeah, this one part, it, I and I don't know why, but immediately I just start crying. Oh, no. Like, the movie's not even a sad movie, really, but there's just one part, and I think, you know, if you've seen the movie, you'll know which part I'm talking about. Did Did you do the top five Disney movies podcast with me? Was that me, you, Mike LaRosa, and... Um, 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 yes. Yes, we did. Tina Jet. Yes. Remember how often Mike was just tugging at our heartstrings? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I cried a bunch through Mike's. Yeah. Yeah. I Dis- That's what Disney does to you, though. Disney makes you feel things, uh, and I love that because, like, now they're they're doing it through Marvel for teenagers mm-hmm. instead of just kids, and they're even like they're even making these adult Star Wars and 
Marvel TV shows that I think are more aimed to our ages. Yeah, do you like love them? Adults, yes. Oh, absolutely. Because it's longer. I don't have to pay attention and then can go immediately back and then figure out, oh, oh, I missed something. That's cool. I can pause and rewind. I don't have to watch a three-hour TV show Dude, or t- three-hour movie. With the TV shows, I watched like the, the Star Wars stuff like Obi-Wan and mm-hmm. like I'm watching the show and then I immediately watch like the YouTube, like the recap video mm-hmm. with yeah. like a Star Wars nerd, like going what over. What does it everything. mean? Yeah, if you notice right here on the wall, there's an. Emblem. Oh my gosh! And I'm like, I saw that. <laughs> You're like, I actually noticed that one. Yeah, I actually love, and and that's what these ones are for. Is they're for adults. There's so much reference. The Star Wars ones, especially. There's so much reference to things that, like, if you grew up in any generation of Star Wars, there's a reference to you or your Star Wars. But I think that, like, you 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 hit it just right because, like, they're made kind of for us, but they're made by like John Favreau and uh-huh. like uh, yeah, uh, Dallas Bryce Howard mm-hmm. or what was it Bryce Bryce Dal- Dallas Howard Bryce yeah. Dallas Howard and yeah. of course uh, Rich Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez is oh man, his Mandalorian episodes are my absolute favorite, and it took me a couple episodes into Boba Fett, but oh my goodness, I was hooked. They're he, so good. He has a way of making Star Wars cool. And I think that like that's something that Star Wars has been lacking since probably the early 2000s is that super cool factor because we've had a lot of nice droids and bad guys and sword fights and stuff. But we haven't had a character that was just like really cool. Mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson kind of counts, but they m- didn't make his character cool. Like He's made the Mandalorian cool, and he's brought us back Boba Fett, who's like really cool. And so finally... Star Wars is cool again, and I think that's why people like the TV shows so much. I remember a long, long, long time ago, there was like rumor of him directing the solo spinoff movie, and then when like he didn't do it, I was like, oh well, I guess that's it for that. But yeah, here he is doing all these all this other stuff. Give us Solo too. I I am one of the proponents of that first movie. I know that it got a lot of hate. Damn, is it so much fun. It's so much fun. I don't agree with how he got his last name either, but watching the movie from start to finish, it is a dumb space movie, and that's what Star Wars is. They perfectly did it, and it just went through so many bad things that I don't think that a lot of people like it, but give me Solo 2. I need it. Yeah. What about, um, are you excited about the Elvis movie? I am, because my grandma was obsessed with Elvis, Mm. and so I kind of like grew up with all of his movies, all of his music all the time. Every Christmas album was an Elvis Christmas album. <laughs> like uh, when I heard about it, I was like, "Oh, this is this is fun." What I'm concerned about is they they're not using all of his best music. Kind of feels like they're using the B tracks because that's the only thing that they could afford. Yeah, I was gonna say it probably would have been too expensive. To exactly, but I'm hoping maybe that like they just couldn't afford them for the previews and they're Mm. gonna surprise us with bigger ones because the queen movie did that the queen movie like hinted at the bigger songs but didn't like show them in the previews and then during the movie they showed them did you like the queen movie i love queen (laughs) i I was disappointed i mean i watched it it was good i love that it introduced queen to a whole Mm -hmm. new audience i mean that's that's great but 
I wanted a better. I, I think Freddy deserved a better movie. Oh, absolutely. It's the same with Motley Crue. You would think with like the insane stories that these rock stars had that they pick these very boring parts of their life and very like, ooh, it's controversy, so it's a good story. It's like not necessarily. Did like, did you watch the the Pam and Tommy? I have not yet. It's really good. It's, it's a TV show, right? Not well, a movie? Well, like, I think it's like on Hulu or something yeah, like that. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I haven't yet, but I'm excited because I love those trash. And I grew up around that time, so like I was coming in to being like a teenage yeah, boy yeah. when that mo- when that video came out. You had it, I'm sure. I'm oh, sure you got your hands on it. Of yeah. course. That's what LimeWire was for. Uh, <laughs> it was but, for crashing your computer. Oh, my God, yes. And so I... Uh, I'm excited to watch that one. I, I loved like the Motley Crue, even the Elton John one, which is exactly the thing where they couldn't afford or use any of the good music, so they had to use all the trash music. And then I think I don't know if it's come out. I haven't seen it, but there's supposed to be a David Bowie one. Ooh! But the thing is, in his will, he said, "I never want a movie made about me," and his family's fighting it. And they can't use any of his, like, popular songs. Like, they can only use, like, indie stuff that he doesn't own anymore. Right. So I'm very concerned at how they're going to make a Hmm. Bowie movie without, you know, Without the music. And his permission, which is really weird. But, you know, a a good story writer can (laughs) write around terrible. Yeah, yeah. That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. All right, all right. I'm I'm excited about the about the Elvis movie. I, yeah, I'm gonna try to watch it uh, this weekend, but I don't know because I got a I got a a backyard funny show this weekend. Oh yeah, we're we're competing this weekend. Oh, what do you got on Saturday? I'm hosting the Russ Room, and I got to put together the show this this time. Is that and the Becky Lynn? Yes, uh, Emily Peterson. Oh yeah. man, that lineup is fire. Oh man, Talk trying to compete it. with your lineup, sir. I was like, <laughs> these are probably like almost everybody I thought to message first. I looked, and all of them were booked on your show. I was like, damn it. Okay, I got my my headliner, Becky, who is. Is one of my, she is probably my favorite comedian going right now. She mm-hmm. is hilarious. And then I just filled it out with some of my favorite funny people like Emily, Scott Powers, Corey Berenger, uh, Jess Harding. Uh, I saw that lineup and I was like, who, like, I was looking at that lineup and I was like, this lineup is so good. And I never thought that I never thought that you put it together. Like, I, ha- I, and I, I was looking for something. you on the flyer. So it's you're just hosted by Buddy. Yeah. It's very small then, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah I didn't. Yeah, I uh, So you put that together. Johnny finally, yeah, Johnny knows how much I love the restroom. The restroom knows how much I love the restroom. Johnny They're, Taylor folks. Johnny Taylor folks. He is uh one of my mentors. Uh, and their bar staff knows how much I love that room because <laughs> they have they have ha- helped me pay out some very big tabs in there. I love that place. Um, so uh, I'm very excited. Like this isn't my first time hosting. This is also like my this will be my 10th time doing the room itself. Wow. Yeah. And um, it is me hosting and it's one of my, it's an amazing lineup. And I was lucky enough to get them because so many people were booked and it was kind of like a last minute <laughs> booking, but it was like your show and everywhere else. And I was like so excited because uh, uh, Scott 
at Powers and Becky are, you know, longtime friends. And every time I've had them on a lineup together, they are just insanely funny. And Corey's usually so busy. He's even doing two shows before he's coming out to do the show. So, like, lucky to get him on. And Emily is one of my favorites. So I was just, I'm super stoked. Yeah, Corey was just on my show the yeah. last time. I got him at the last minute. Yeah. Um, somebody, you know, somebody always had, something always happens. And, and I had to do the, the posting and sack of like I needed I was like oh god like I was dreading doing that and Corey commented like two minutes later and I took it right down and Mm -hmm. I was like oh this is perfect Corey was perfect that show is perfect it's it's really cool I don't know uh how many people have like gotten to come out to see it like you keep building up these amazing lineups and people are excited to do the show and it's like it's a backyard show. So you're thinking to yourself like, Oh, this is just, you know, this is weird or whatever. But honestly, the crowd is so engaging. It's so fun. Yeah. The, you know, and I'm able to pull so much of that audience from my Instagram followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just been, uh, the first night, uh, were you on the first one? You were on the, I was on the second one. You were on the second one. Yeah. The first one, I was so nervous and I was just like, but then like when people started showing up and like, when people started showing up who were just like regular people and like not comics, that's and the like best feeling. The comics were like, "Who's that?" And I was like, "They came to see the show," and they're like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the same thing that I got in my head because I was like, "It's just a backyard show; nobody's going to show up." Then all of a sudden, people like some people showed up early, and then we got a pretty damn good like group of people out there while we were all performing. And they were super engaging. They were laughing along. It was the audience was so close that you can have a conversation with them, and like it, it worked. Like it didn't take away from the comedy at all. And they were funny. Like they laughed along with us. That uh, it's a really good vibe, and I'm excited for this specific lineup because you have got a murderer's row. It's I I'm so excited about the lineup, and like that I, I was able to get everyone that I asked, and yeah. Yeah, and then it's going to go on hiatus for July and August because it's just too damn hot. Too fucking hot. But it's coming back September 16th for my birthday. There you go, there you and go. And I'm working on that lineup right now. So the Birthday hopefully. lineup, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's a fun show. Like that That is the reason why I think I fell in love with the restroom so, so hard was because I I love weird rooms. Like that was the thing, like during the pandemic, I would watch like Don't Tell Comedy. Uh, Mm -hmm. they started just doing these weird, strange rooms. They've done rooms like they've done a, a boxing ring. They've done like, uh, Rocky mountains. Like I'd love to perform in a boxing ring, right? Like dim lights. You're in a boxing ring. The audience is just comedy in the round style around you. And there's just one light on you. Like you're the announcer at a boxing ring, but you're doing comedy. I just, every time I would watch one of those, I'd be like, so jealous of like this is the dumb stuff i want to do i want to do one a comedy show in a bookstore like give give me the weirdest strangest rooms and uh rust room gives that to me and so does your your backyard where it's just like this is a vibe like this shouldn't work this shouldn't be fun this is a backyard comedy show this should just be like another open mic where we're doing comedy to comedians yeah but it turns out that like people 
have spent so much time by themselves that they like to be at home, but they want to be at somebody else's <laughs> home and they just want to chill in somebody else's backyard. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I, I'm glad to have them over. And thank, thanks for saying that. And thanks for doing the show that night. Oh, it was you were, awesome. You were great. You were great. Exactly. You were like 19 minutes and 38 seconds. I was like, God, how did he do that? Cause you were, <laughs> that you, is the theater kid in me. I time in my head. Cause you were so loose. I was like, there's no way he's either going to be way short or way over. And you just like walked out and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I, anytime I'm given a time, I practice it in my head and I'm really good at timing myself. And uh-huh. so I like, I try to give myself time to take audience criticism or like take their, you know, like take their temperature and kind of work with them. Yeah. So like I put all of that into my head and yeah, I, I was pretty good on time that night and it felt really good. And Oh my goodness. Thank you for putting me on. Cause that was such a fun show. That yeah. Was such yeah. an amazing lineup. Yeah. That was kind of a, like a no brainer. I have you close it out. It yeah. was a lot of fun. Thank you. Um, Morgan Anderson closing out the next one. Yes. Oh my God. Finally, Can't like wait. that was the thing where I was excited. Cause I know she's doing the roast battle the next night. And I was like, oh, so she'll actually be in town. So she was one of the first people I went to go hit up for the restroom. And I looked up. I was like, oh, she's on Jesse's show. Okay. I love it. All right. (laughs) Well, Ashley just moved to Oakland, but she's also going to be on that roast battle. Let me check. Oh, no. She's also (laughs) going to be. (laughs) Yeah. Artie going to be on the roast battle. One of my best friends. I'll see if he's. Oh, no. He's also on Jesse's show. Jesse's got an amazing lineup. And then Colin and D-Rock, too. Oh, my God. Got Colin's guest, on fire right got now. Got some guest spots too. David Thorne and uh, Lourdes Ollon. Uh, Lourdes is amazing right now. She brings out a beautiful uh, like group of people. Like They've got so much energy. And then David Thorne's one of the best people. Yeah, he, David Thorne's just... I just like having him around. He's got the best energy. <laughs> like he, the I remember the first time I ever met him was a couple months after I met you. It was Cinco de Mayo. I just saw this big old Southern man in American... Uh, flag shorts during Cinco de Mayo and I was like oh man this guy's gonna be the worst and now no. fast forward four years and he's one of my dearest friends yeah yeah he's, he's awesome. one of the best people hey buddy let's let's wrap this up with uh, five easy questions are you ready for five easy questions absolutely all right here you go you ready question number one buddy what are you afraid of birds that was quick yeah why I have no idea. I have no explanation, but the fear is so vivid that like even having a bird swoop by me will freak me out. What's the most terrifying bird? Uh, turkeys. Yeah. 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 Or uh, the, those big giant shorn shoe bill horn things or whatever. I will never come across one of those. So I can't say that, but I have come across a couple of turkeys and I've almost had a heart attack. Have you ever been to a San Francisco giants game? Uh, yeah. The last innings, the birds start. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of creepy. Yeah, I, birds freak me the fuck out, but specifically ducks and turkeys and chickens, just like, I don't know. All birds mostly because they're all just rats with wings. Right. Do you like eggs? I love eggs. Yeah, me too. Right. I also love eating poultry, mainly just so <laughs> just I can keep the bird population down. Doing your part. Yeah. Um, who or what inspires you? Ooh. Sappy answer, but my grandparents, they were like really good people. My grandpa worked from the day he was uh, like 12 years old until he was almost 70 as a roofer. So, oh, wow. You know, that's a hard ass man. My grandma was a badass accountant who, uh, 
well, she's gone now, so it's not like they can arrest her. She embezzled tens of thousands of dollars from this, hundreds of thousands of dollars from this company. And when uh, they came after her for it, she said, you're going to let me retire and you're not going to say anything because I know about all the illegal shit you're doing. And they're like, all right, you can do that. So like, she got to have a nice day. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. I love her now too. Yeah. She's my favorite person. She is my hero. So yeah, those two inspire me. Okay. What are you binging right now? It doesn't have to be a TV show. It could be like a series of movies, a series of books, a podcast. Uh, what are you binging? It's music right now for me. And uh, specifically the band Sacramento uh, locals, uh, dance, Gavin dance used to play with them back when I was younger and their bassist just passed away and he was actually a dear friend of mine we had talked about bass forever he used to come to my cannabis shop all the time so ever since his passing i've been obsessively listening to their discography they have like 10 albums plus uh some instrumentals plus they have separate bands they're like they have bands that don't have vocals and stuff like that so they have a lot of different music and i've just been obsessively listening to them ever since just makes me feel good Dance, Gavin, dance? Yeah. Nice. Um, what have you been meaning to get to? I have been uh, meaning to get to like a... I, I've been working at it for about a year now, but I want to do a recording. Uh, that's that's my end of the year goal is to record something, um, whether it be a full visual album or just a audio recording of an album. I've been working on material for about a year and a half now, and I think that a lot of it's polished and I'm ready to record a good chunk of it. Nice. What, like music then? No, no, no. Or comedy. comedy. Okay, comedy. comedy. I am okay. going to record music again. I just don't know when and... Now I'm taking vocal lessons to kind of train my mu train my voice to sing different because I have a very high pitched singing voice, so I'm trying to settle it a little bit just to make music now. But yeah, no, uh, rec comedy recording. Okay, and last question: What are you looking forward to? I am looking forward. <laughs> this is silly, but I have a job that I absolutely love. And I'm really looking forward to like the next six months of really cool uh, things that I get to do with my company. Uh, that's a little vague booking, but basically I get to, I'm in corporate cannabis now and I get to do a lot of really cool events and work with a lot of really cool people. Um, I'm going to be working with Aftershock, which if you guys don't know, oh, no, uh, you're gonna, Metallica. Are you have a booth out there? more than that i get oh, to also nice. work directly with some of the bands and stuff like i'm gonna meet my chemical romance oh. which 16 year old buddy is freaking the fuck out about uh -huh. and i get to meet metallica who will be there and you know obviously the foo fighters probably are not going to be there but just this amazing lineup and uh, so i'm very excited for work for the first time in the history of having a job did they officially pull out of yeah they, they got replaced by I think uh, so. muse that's who it was. Yes. Yeah, okay, by yeah. okay. Because I just saw that they're going to do their Wembley show, and that, that girl is going to fill in. The little girl that Dave Grohl is. Oh yeah. That yeah. she's going to fill in. That makes sense. That makes sense. I love the Foo Fighters. Would have I've seen them a bunch of times. I'm excited uh, for like anything they do. It's sad what happened. I'm very happy that they're continuing in anyway. But 
otherwise, I think Aftershock's going to be amazing. Yeah, like, I'm Aftershock so excited. Is, like amazing year after year, mm-hmm. and, and it now, just it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. To be a part of it, like to be so closely involved in it like our company sponsors the main stage so nice yeah we're right there in it so i'm very excited for that and that's kind of like just what's got my brain going right now right on buddy thanks for coming over today thanks for being early that was awesome thanks for having me yeah i i was doing some work and i was like you know what i'm pretty close might as well just go yeah just head over yeah yeah all right well thanks a lot buddy thank you for having me all right take care all right